Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are very happy to be back for another episode of the Tape Store podcast, where we talk about things that are 80s and 90s, our two favorite decades. Yes. (laughs) Not that we've been around all these decades. I mean... Although our students already are like, man, what did you dress like in the 2000s? And I'm like, get out. That's weird, yeah. I know, like just because they were asking me, they were trying to find Pinterest pictures of like what old people dressed like. And I was like, neat. Old people. This well, is this is where we're at now. <laughs> well, when they're our age, they're not going to think they're old. It's true. They're gonna. I still don't know. think I'm old. I'll be eighty, and I'll be like, I'm young. Yeah, right. This week we are starting another kind of a side series, whatever yeah. you want to call. It. You know, we with Save by the Bell, we have the Tape Store podcast, of right? course. And then we have Back to Bayside, which is our like Saved a, by yeah. the Bell It's episodes. like a series within our, you know. It's like a series within the series, yeah. Well, this week's a special week because we are beginning the first episode of what we are calling the Angel Grove Chronicles. <laughs> and if you know Angel Grove, Angel Grove, California, and that means... The Power Rangers. You were a Power Rangers fan. Yes. yes. Lots of good things coming out of California, I'm realizing. Yeah. Angel Grove was the fictional city, or is the fictional city, where the Power Rangers are based. Yes. Now, when we say Power Rangers, we could be meaning a lot of different things. True, right, because there's like a whole bunch of universes within, within that the power, now. Yeah, lots of incarnations or eras, yeah. however you want to put yeah, it. Yeah, universe is the wrong word. But we're in the 90s. Right. We're a 90s show, yes. 90s podcast. Even within the 90s, there were several incarnations of the Power yep. Rangers. But the one that I and you, yes. where we really found the magic of the Power Rangers and had the most fun was in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers yes. era. And when I say the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, we mean the first, when they first came on the scene. Yeah, like that's, the, there, there are no other, Yeah, there, no, <laughs> it's the top. I mean, in my opinion, yes. And I'm not saying there hasn't been... Any other good ones? I don't know. I right, think there's right. like there's Ninja Force, there's been Zeo, there's been uh, Space, good there's Lord. been like I think Jungle Force maybe. It's a lot. I I know. Yeah, it, it's, it's it is, and they change. And I think every generation's probably has their uh, beloved Power Ranger. You know, kids that grow up. But I was very very fortunate, and you were very fortunate. Yes. To grow up and be small kids uh, during a time. When it was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Before we really get into the episode, now the episode we're going to talk about this week is the very, very first one. Yes. Which is called Day of the Dumpster. <laughs> not really the best. Um, well, there, let's be fair. There's a lot of not very the best moments well, when it comes to Power Rangers script is writing a, in this particular <laughs> episode. The Power Rangers is a very campy oh, yeah. story. That's baked into the cake, though. Yeah, you have to, you you sign on for that. You can't yeah, be like, you oh, should. this is corny. Yeah. Like, no, that's you what you are here for. I don't think it's at all uh, productive. Yeah. And you're not really enjoying the Power Rangers no. the way you should if you're going to go up to it with this lens of a film critic and say, well... Right. The acting's not great, which the acting isn't bad, but it's no, not. No, it actually isn't, like especially amongst the teenagers. No, and and the graphics are definitely rudimentary. Right. And so, but listen, if you can go into it knowing that it's campy and that's, yeah. again, baked into the cake, right? 
then you can enjoy the Power Rangers for what it is. And which, it's such a good time. Like you're just, yeah. it's just fun to watch. And like it's really easy to point out the flaws in something. But I think it's more fun, and it's what we do on this show mostly. Uh, more rewarding to find what what really works and what's making yeah. it something that we're still well, talking about. The Power Rangers is a great premise. Oh, it's yeah. actually a great premise. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's kind of your standard superhero. Well, yeah, but it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's no got different some, from... but it's, it's very unique. Yeah, and yeah. We'll get into why it is and all those things and maybe other shows that I, we feel like it's similar to other maybe movie genres or right. types of stories it's similar to, but let's get into the backstory. Uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers began airing in the United States mm-hmm. on August 28th, 1993. So I had only been 13 for 17 days when it came out on Fox Kids. It's an American show based off of a Japanese show called Super Sentai. We're probably going to say this a lot, maybe at least this episode. because And the reason why we're doing this backstory is because when we do another Angel Grove Chronicles, we don't want to do the whole... No, no, no. Yeah. But Super Sentai was the name of a Japanese show where they essentially inspired not only the characters but the footage. There's yeah. a lot of footage, and and we were having a discussion with a friend of ours on Instagram, like, oh, there's so many shows in the season. And I think it's because there's so much footage that they used from Super Sentai. Yeah, and you can t- you can tell when it breaks from what what we're filming in America versus what was being filmed yeah. in J- J- Japan. Yeah, Japan. Yeah, like it's it's mm. it's the same. Like, because I told Toby, I said, this looks like Godzilla. It's got it, that. It feels like I'm watching a Godzilla yeah, movie without like a, Godzilla being present. It's like a mecha, yeah, the giant mecha robots mixed with like the kaiju stories, yeah, Godzilla, which I think the, is, the giant monsters in Japan, which I think is a great, yeah, I think Japanese it's neat. contribution to entertainment. It's neat that it has its own like feel. It does. I, I can appreciate. It's that. very similar to a cartoon I watched when I was a kid called Voltron. Haha. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and which was you know. They, they all drove these mecha robots, these pilots, and they came mm-hmm. together and formed Voltron. You're going to see that with the Megazord later. Oh, for sure. So, okay, so American show based off a Japanese show called Super Sentai. It's about five and later six teen, <laughs> uh, teen heroes that use power coins to assume the identities of a powerful assault team called the Power Rangers who have been operating for some generations long before. Yes. I mean, you get the feel that, you know... This is not, like, a new thing. Yeah, and of course, we, you know, yeah, that's a that's part of the story. I right, mean, th- which th- they say very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, this is something... Uh, you know, the, the head of the Power Rangers, like, the mentor is Zordon. Yeah. And he's been fighting evil for generations, and uh, the Power Rangers have been under his tutelage and, and guidance yeah. over these generations. So this is nothing new. Um, and over time... Uh, circumstances often lead to members coming and going. The mantle of the Power Rangers is assumed over time by right. new people. Mm-hmm. And the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and if I refer to it as MMPR... We know what you're talking yeah. about. Right. The Power Coins have distinct personas, powers, and abilities, usually based on prehistoric animals. In this yeah. case, in this in this ver- in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it's prehistoric animals. Yes. Now, that's going to change... As things move right. on. When a ranger morphs, they become clad in a color-coded suit. Their physical prowess is increased. They have a primary weapon. And all the rangers have a laser pistol slash dagger sidearm. This is right. MMPR. Yes. They all have that pistol, that knife that can turn into a pistol. Yeah. They all have that, but they also have distinct weapons, primary weapons. Yeah. 
And they had the ability to call upon their massive assault vehicles. <laughs> They're called Zords. That's where we get into like the mecha, like the yeah. Uh, kaiju when they see them stuff. come from the four corners of the world, yeah, which are large robotic vehicles that have the appearance of the animal on the power corn. It's like mm -hmm. a spirit animal thing almost. Yeah. And when things get really hairy, even for the Rangers and their Zords, if if things just get too intense and they can't overcome whatever threat they are facing with yeah. just themselves or with the Zords. The Zords can be brought together right. like a big Transformer and become the Megazord. That's like a Voltron reference. There. Yeah. The main villain the Power Rangers face is Rita Repulsa, <laughs> who is essentially this space witch. She has an inept group of monsters at her headquarters on the moon, which we'll talk about as the show progresses. <laughs> oh, yes. She employs foot soldiers called putties, which are these erratically moving and highly agile gray beings that usually serve as the first threat of any show. Remember, yeah. it's always the putties they run yeah, into. Yeah. They'll, they'll just be hanging out and suddenly, oh, oh, there's the putties have decided to show up. Right, like Rita they're here. Just says, okay. Oh, now's a good time. Let's just throw them <laughs> out there. Rita's key threat usually comes via her little scientist dude, Finster. Yes. He creates these monsters out of clay. They're sent down to Earth and are initially the size of, I would say, like a large human. Yeah. However, eventually, Rita uses her staff to up the ante and, right. quote, make my monster grow. Which grows the monster the size of a, about a skyscraper. And that's when the Zords come into play for the Power Rangers. They usually, they ne in fact, they never. It's, it's, <laughs> the show is very formulaic. Yes, it is. They fight the, you know, they fight the putties. Then they fight the monster normal size. Rita uses her staff to make the monster grow. They call in the Zords. The Zords don't cut it. Megazord. Then Megazord, yep. then, yeah. And then we're good. Each show has a theme. With all of our protagonists, sometimes one of them, sometimes a couple of them, sometimes all of them, dealing with not only what they're fighting as Power Rangers, but also a real-world issue. Right. Usually. There's usually some kind of real-world lesson, which is always good. Of course. Without further ado, let's get right into episode 101, The Day of the Dumpster, shall we? Yes, let us. Here we go. Opening credits. It opens up on the command center where we have Zordon, who speaks in this very... You know, yeah, because he's trapped in a in an alternate dimension or something, right? Like we we find out that story. I a hundred percent didn't even know. I just was like, I was just like, okay, it's fine. He's a face. Zordon, I'm, and, I'm yeah. here for it. Zordon is talking to Alpha. <laughs> Bless him. Who is like he maintains the command center. His neurotic, nervous, yeah, uh, robot. Zordon and Alpha are both essentially the man in the chair, mm -hmm. while the Power Rangers are out in the field. Yeah, you know, getting things done. So it op the opening credits is this really supercharged electric guitar music. Yes, as it should be. Yeah. And we hear Zordon say, quote, Alpha, Rita's escaped. Recruit a team of teenagers with attitude. <laughs> Which is, I mean... That's such a loaded statement. What who's, does that who's mean? First, I mean, that, of, of course that's your first choice, you yeah. know? I mean, teenagers with attitude. Yeah, and the opening credits is essentially a montage of different... Uh, stuff happening in the show. Yes. And here's the cast. Of course, the cast is in the opening credits. Right. Let's do that. Jason Lee Scott is the Red Ranger, and he's played by Austin St. John. Mm -hmm. And the Red Ranger is the leader. Right. Yes. On the field. He's the, like, the, the field. Dude. Yeah, he's the field commander of the Power Rangers. Zach Taylor is the Black Ranger, and that's Walter Emmanuel Jones. Yes. Trini Kwan is the Yellow Ranger, mm -hmm. and that is played by actress... Thai Trang, unfortunately, the late actress Thai yes, Trang. Sad. Kimberly Hart is the Pink Ranger, played by Amy Jo Johnson. And Billy Cranston is the Blue Ranger, played by actor David Yost. And a couple other um, 
additions to the cast. Right. Paul Schreier and Jason Narvey are the two best friends slash comic relief slash real world foils. Right. <laughs> Farkas Bulkmeyer, a.k.a. Bulk, and Eugene Skullovich, a.k.a. Skull. So Bulk and Bulk Skull. Bulk and Skull. And they're great. Oh, yeah. They're sometimes... And they're so over the top. They're sometimes the best part of the show. And I mean, they're they're great. And I, I do believe I've heard these guys are best friends in real life. Yeah. And I like Skull's faces are like to die for. He's always emoting like to 11. Right. I think Bulk's my it's favorite. Great. Yeah. I, I, Bulk's my favorite. It makes but, sense that we So like they're bullies, but they also serve as comic relief. And sometimes, again... Uh, right. The Power Rangers in a real world situation, usually their foil is Bulk and Skull, and oftentimes. Right. Um, many times. We'll say that. David Fielding plays the voice of Zordon. All right. So we open up on the moon or this. Okay. I guess it's the moon. I don't we, know. We saw two things. We saw the moon and then this multicolored planet in the moon's vicinity. I yeah. didn't quite understand. There's not. I, there's okay. Not, well, first of all, you have like five minutes. And then they can only explain so much. Yeah, you so got they like, just yeah. choose to explain something. On average, a, a half-hour sitcom is about 22 minutes. Right. So this is not only a 22-minute show. It's a 22-minute kids show. Right. So uh, it's ex- okay for it to move fast. Yeah, expect breakneck speed. <laughs> Exposition ex- yeah. on crack. Like, yeah. It's, it's fast. So we open up on the moon or some kind of planetary body, and these two <laughs> astronauts are doing something up there. They're walking right. like they're— I feel like they should be. Well, you know, the poor— I don't know a whole lot about, you know, space science. <laughs> we don't and stuff, work for NASA, but we do know that the moon doesn't really have gravity an, does not work the same yeah, way. Yeah, it in doesn't space. work right. The moon doesn't really have an <laughs> atmosphere have like Earth does. Movies, <laughs> right? We've seen we've seen we've seen astronauts, mm-hmm. you know, kind of bounce around on there because things are so different, right? Right. These guys are straight up like sprinting on the moon <laughs> because they see something. They're walking around and they say, "Oh, what's that?" And they start running towards this. What looks like a gold-colored right. trash can. But their assessment is, hey, their, looks, what, like, looks like a space dumpster. Looks like a giant space dumpster. I'm like, w- how many space dumpsters have you seen? Right. Where's like, your frame how, of reference, right? It's funny. How is this what you arrived at? And it then, doesn't look... And by the way, it really doesn't look like a dumpster. Not only that, they make another ridiculous statement. Right. Let's open her up. These guys supposedly you'd think work for NASA or or something. They don't have to be American. I mean, they have American I would, accents, but they work for someone that requires hmm. you to have intelligence. I would think there so would be. So why would yeah. this be the next step? Now, again, we have to find, <laughs> there's got to be some way to let the bad guys out. Right. Not to spoil anything, but right. we know what's in this giant dumpster. Whatever it is, it's just a wonderful conversation to to imagine it, all the small steps. There that has they took to be, opening and look, thing. I don't know. I'm not an well, I'm not an astronaut. There's got to be some kind of maybe protocol if you find some <laughs> some, some strange yeah. artifact. Like it's not. Hey, if you find some kind of strange artifact, like a like a alien space capsule, just open it up and just see what happens. Yes, with it, no support know, we'll, whatsoever. We'll, we'll just we'll kind of deal with you know maybe what happens after that. But heck, open it up. Right. You know, just I don't know. I, it's anyway, great. it's funny, especially being an adult watching it. It's funny. <laughs> they give no thought to it. They open it, and out comes Rita and the gang. Yes, Rita and her group of you know her coterie of weirdos. Yeah, we get from their exposition that they've been trapped for ten thousand years. It's like, a long time. yeah, like in stasis, maybe you know, mm-hmm. like uh, cryogenic sleep. I don't know. Yeah, they've been trapped for ten thousand years, and they're now out to cause more trouble. And of course, they look. And what's the closest planet to the moon? Earth. And they're let's, like, let's all right, go screw stuff up let's there. go screw some stuff up there. <laughs> Meanwhile, the astronauts immediately 
are like, let's get out of here. Right. How? I guess drive their Cadillac <laughs> back to Earth. I mean, the way they were moving around, it, I mean, it, it's just, anyway, so yeah, the astronauts were like, oh, oh, rats. I know, seriously. Jinkies. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, it should be noted that all of Rita's scenes are from the Japanese show, so right. her voice is overdu- overdubbed. You and know? you can tell big time when you're yeah. an adult. I, I couldn't, I could kind of tell as a kid, yeah. but I really Now, we loved Rita as a villain. I think Rita's oh, great yeah. as a villain. You know, I love just everything about her as far as for, for the Power Rangers. I, I, she's, yeah. She's a great villain. And her but, voice is just so iconic and horrible. Yeah. But it, it is from the Japanese yes. uh, show. Rita and the gang ominously, again, look to Earth, and then we move to Angel Grove, California. We hear Angel Grove Radio, and we're at the Angel Grove Youth Center, and we get all kinds of random shots and very rapid introductions to our protagonists. Yes. We see Jason and Zach sparring martial arts. So, you know, and if we didn't say before, I don't think we did, uh, it's very heavily martial arts. Uh, The Power Rangers fight using martial arts. Right. And we see Jason and Zach sparring. We get the immediate impression that they're very skilled. Yes. Kimberly's doing gymnastics, very agile. She's on a balance beam. Trini looks like she's doing some kind of Tai Chi, yeah. like Kata. She's kind of she's kind of in very, her own zone. In her own zone, concentrated, very, you know, serene and and focused. And Billy comes out wearing a karate gi and he's a new karate student, we find. Yeah. So he he just n- doesn't look quite comfortable in his skin with this stuff. We see that Jason, Zach, Kimberly, Trini, and Billy are all pals. And they're really great kids. Yeah. They they seem they're the pleasant. nicest kids ever. I know that's the thing. Like a lot of a lot of shows, like especially like these days, the the protagonists are often kind of crappy. Yeah, but we just sign on for liking it. No, right. they're like nice to everyone. They're nice to everyone. They deal with Balkan skulls, tomfoolery, and they're bullying. They deal with it very gently. They don't respond in kind. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's very even. You know, almost thirty years later, watching the show, I'm like, I I want my kids to act like that. Yeah, that's great. Bulk and Skull walk in. They utterly fail at trying to pick up Kimberly and Trini. Very flirtatious. With oh, them. yeah. Zach tries to come to the rescue, but no, 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 no. Kimberly and Trini have this thing. Yeah, they're good. They got it locked down. They're like, we can handle this. And let's talk for a second about how Bulk and Skull suddenly attempt to assault Kimberly and Trini. They right. just run at them like with their hands open like, ah. Yeah, like, like I mean. Totally creeper. If they weren't completely inept and ridiculous, they would have been okay with like just... Uh, Full on assaulting them. Yeah, They're like, they would have been arre- the plan. Yeah. like if Ernie had any sense, if he would have saw that, he would have been like, "You're out." I'm here. calling the yeah. cops because you guys are harassing these two ladies. Right. But Kimberly and Trini flip them, and and Bulk and Skull are ultimately harmless. They really right. are. I want to also say because Brooke made sure she noted this when we were watching it. <laughs> the main characters are all wearing the colors that will match the Rangers they eventually yes. will be. I was kind of like, "Hey, in That's case a kid show. we were, you know." But I mean, it makes sense. It's a it's nice a, nod yeah, for a kids show. You have to help with the exposition. Yeah, in a but lot it's of just ways, I was right? just kind of like, oh, they're all wearing their colors, right? So now we're back on the moon. Rita's making her preparations. It's like five <laughs> seconds. She's like, all right, we're we're gonna make a monster, right? And they're like, yep, we're on it, man. I know, like <laughs> we're oh, on it, Rita. It's like, we got it. It's like riding a bike. We know <laughs> we know exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Here. So they're it just shows them kind of you know, hey, we're getting ready to, yeah. to cause some serious trouble. Back to Angel Grove Youth Center. Jason's giving a karate lesson. Let's talk about Jason. Okay. Natural leader. Yeah, so so it's we see that um when he and Zach were sparring, again th- through lots of really fast exposition through the characters, we yeah. find that Zach is taking Jason's class. So well, he was a former student and, and I think he's he either is he still taking the class? 
uh, he is either taking it or he did because they say, oh, you were a dancer, but now you want to fight. Because, you know, Zach is like, you know, he's got rhythm or whatever. Well, they, they, well, at one point when they're sparring, Jason compliments Zach. Yes. And he goes, you know, good job or whatever. And Zach goes, hey, you taught me. So either yeah. Zach's like a, a protege that is like kind of right. maybe reached his, you know, potential yeah. or he's still a part of the class. But Jason teaches, yeah, he teaches a, it though. a karate class at Angel Grove Youth Center. Right. Jason is very, very gifted in leadership mm-hmm. and in, in as a patient teacher. So yeah. we see. We already see the virtues that would make him a good leader of the Power Rangers squad. Right. Billy, it's his first lesson. He's struggling uh, as far as... With the physicality with of the it. With the physicality of yes. it. And we find that when Jason's questioning the class about... The what co- is this about? Yeah, yeah. The code and the ethics part. I mean, Billy has that down pat. Yeah. He is falling behind or struggling to keep up with it physically, but mind is where he has it. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and, we, and we give a little... We get there. They give some stereotypical physical cues as to what Billy's mo might be because they do have him wearing glasses. Yes. Uh, that they're and look, it's just in the nineties. That's kind of like they're they're letting you know, hey, yeah. this is a studio. His kid. vocabulary is pretty expansive. You know, he, yeah, he, he's he, a little like awkward. So like they're saying, hey, this is a brainiac kid. Um, which but again, the nineties yeah. did that, but, but again, that's okay. Yeah, but these kids do a great job in their roles. I mean. You know, now they're not kids; they're they're teenagers slash young adults playing right. these roles. But I mean, they're very convincing. They do a good job. You yeah. enjoy watching this group; they have a great chemistry. Yeah. So we see Jason as a natural leader. Billy is smart and intelligent. Yeah. Kimberly is agile and you and know, she's real jovial and like outgoing. Yeah. Trini is very focused, very disciplined, and Zach is you know definitely skilled like Jason. Yeah. Also very protective of the of the ladies and mm-hmm. stuff. So. They're all just good kids. Yeah, and they all have really strong virtues. And when they're when Billy is discouraged that he's not getting the oh, physical yeah. part, they're all of them. They're like, "Hey, it's and, mind and over matter." Is, yeah, and this right? is how we see that they really are all into martial arts. Because at first we just see Kimberly into uh, being a, a gymnast, mm-hmm. but through this conversation with Billy, we're like, "Oh, okay, they are all either you know taking Jason's class or whatever, or have taken it." They're like, "Hey, martial arts is it's it's mostly your mind. You're fine." Blah blah. blah. So through that conversation, we find that, okay, they're all good at this. Yes. In some form or fashion. Absolutely. Bulk and Skull, of course, come in wearing a <laughs> mixture of karate gis with their own clothes. Right. And accoutrements. Like, it's, like we know who you are, guys. Like, but they're nuts. Yeah. They're, they're funny because they want to learn how to, quote, beat people up, unquote. Right. Jason kindly and gently rebuffs them and corrects them. Yeah. And even allows Bulk a chance to try to demonstrate some moves. Yeah, which, because I think because he's trying to show his foolishness but in Jason, a way that he would think is showing. Yeah, off. look, Jason is like, look, okay, I'll give you a I'll give you some some floor to Yeah, you know. maybe maybe we we should move you on to the advanced moves. And like, yeah, I think so. I, Bulk and Skull make a fool of themselves, but Jason and the gang don't capitalize on it. They're right. they're good kids. And we can make all the campy 90s jokes we want. But look, it is good to see kids being nice. It is. It is. It's good to see kids being nice. Because people can be so mean. And kids can be (laughs) really, really. Because there's an immaturity there with with many kids. Not all. Mm -hmm. But there's an immaturity there where they don't quite understand the impact of their actions. And it's just good to see some disciplined, kind kids that even deal with tough kids like Bulk and Skull or difficult kids the right way. After Jason's class, the group heads over to get a snack, and as Brooks said, 
even with Billy struggling with the the physicality, they're very encouraging. They come around Billy. And this is where we also meet Ernie, who runs the snack bar at the youth center. We don't have time to really see what Ernie's about because what ends up <laughs> happening, as soon as Ernie, it's it's almost like it was a cue. He goes, hey, who ordered the spinach juice? And then blah, 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 blah. as soon as he says spinach juice and Billy raises his timid hand, immediate earthquake. Yeah, it's an earthquake. And it's funny because I don't know why he just, and the way he said who ordered the spinach juice, yeah. it's just funny because he was like, who would order this crap? I know. And of course it was Billy. It was, yeah, I don't know who quite I thought, raised it, I, I thought he was, he It might have been, hand. but the earthquake hits leading Ernie to tell all the kids in the youth center to stay calm as he... <laughs> Thrown off balance by the earthquake, proceeds to smash bulk with a plate of milkshakes, which almost looked intentional. <laughs> almost <laughs> it, looked intentional. It looked like the pie in the face. And you like, hear me goes, oh, sorry, Bulk. <laughs> bulk doesn't really have time to... Um, he's just like, well, this is, this is yeah, how I am now. <laughs> but it, he, he just, he, he's thrown off balance, but instead of like maybe dropping them, it almost like he slam dunks them onto yeah. Bulk. It, it's it almost, a wonderful <laughs> hit. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bulk. <laughs> We see panic ensue in Angel Grove. We then move to a building in what appears to be in the middle of a desert. It looks very futuristic. It is the command center. Yes. Where we meet Alpha 5 and Zordon. Alpha runs the command center under Zordon, who's this floating head. A little bit of backstory here. Zordon is the, as we've already said, the mentor. Yes. And he kind of has all the the details and the knowledge about the things that are going on outside of Earth. Right. He knows it's Rita. And immediately asks a strange request of Alpha. You ready for this one, Brooke? <laughs> yes. He says to Alpha, quote, teleport to us five overbearing and over-emotional humans, unquote. <laughs> Which is not at all how I would... One, that's not who I would want to give... Right, like he's phrasing it the absolute worst way possible. And that's not... Jason, Trini, Kimberly, Billy, and Zach are not overbearing no. or... Even really over emotional, they just seem to be like a group of good kids. Like I guess he's that are very gifted. He's basically trying to say in a different way than he did in the opening sequence that they need teenagers with attitude. But he's saying it the absolute worst way because I'm like, not even with. How about five? I mean, it I just think, and I like even you're wrote, asking for the villains of the show yeah, to come and help. Let's get the worst possible people together <laughs> and give them an immense amount of power. power yeah. yeah, I would think maybe why not five pure-hearted and morally strong young men and women? I don't. Right. Like, I mean, I would assume I that if we, if I'm making the choice to find people to fight evil yeah. and not be corrupted themselves, overbearing and overmotion uh, over yeah, would be very low on the list, if on it at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Which ever. is, which is fine. So, Alpha hits a few buttons. That was, that one was for the parents. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Maybe. Some, sometimes you will, now that I watch so many of these shows as an adult, I'm like, ha, that was for mom and dad or who, whatever adults watching this because sometimes I'm like, right. I know no kid got that. That was for me. Thank you. Back at the youth center. Yes. The earthquake's still happening. They're all standing there, but they're in this convenient formation, right? Right. Of course. And, and are apparently the only people who have decided not to leave this death trap youth center <laughs> during a, an earthquake. They teleport and we hear the electric guitar Power Ranger theme yes. as they fly to the command center. This is beyond their control, right? Like Zordon has is bringing them essentially against their will because right. he's chosen them, right? So they don't know what's going on. They're like, "What in the world?" Upon arrival, they're all understandably confused. The command center looks very futuristic. It's a circular shaped room with a circular shaped, uh, massive like array of computers and blinking lights everywhere. Yes, it looks very 
command century. Yep. Billy immediately loves it. Again, speaking to Billy, what right. Billy likes. He's very, you know, he lo- he's very intelligent, very studious. Yeah, he's he probably likes- got, got a knack for computers, yes. got a knack for games. Technology, Because he mentions a little bit about um, engineering type things that right. he's into. So, yeah, he's so like, like, okay, wow. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. What is this? Wherever we're at, this is great. Zordon and Alpha 5 appear and introduce themselves. Zordon gives the 10-cent version of what the deal is <laughs> and shows a little video on the viewing globe. Right? Yeah, he says, observe the viewing globe. Yes, observe. And I'm like, he says that several times. Rita, yeah. Rita is back. She's attacking Earth now with her group of baddies. Rita's been a problem. I guess for a long time. Uh, for a long time. And nobody, and, and amazingly, she's never been defeated or completely defeated. Right. To the, to they the just point. put her in a space dumpster. Yeah, they just. Which I'm like, that raised a question for me. I was actually like, okay, so are we assuming that the Power Rangers haven't been around for 10,000 years or... Have there been Power Rangers just defeating different other types of evil? Yeah. So that actually made me wonder. Right. That. And not that it's super duper important. Maybe. But I did And wonder. maybe the, the mythology of the Power Rangers has been fleshed out more over the years. True. I just know when I was a kid, I just knew that Zordon fought a long time ago. Yeah. And then he ended up, circumstances, he ended up trapped in this, this other dimension. Yeah. But before he was trapped, he was able to imprison Rita and her bad guys in this capsule. Right. I.e. this a.k.a. the space dumpster. Yeah. Zordon informs the teenagers that they are chosen to form an elite team. And without really giving them any kind of choice, he just zaps morphers on their belts. <laughs> this seems rushed and forceful, but at the same time, I'm looking at Zordon as someone with almost a... He just has an instinct. Yeah. Maybe even that borders on a clairvoyancy, like, I know these are the ones. Right. Because he refers to... The power that the Power Rangers use is actually referred to the power. Right. And it makes me wonder if almost maybe something relative to the Force in Star Wars, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, the power is something that maybe he's able to tap into and it chooses. Well, and it and, chooses these yes. five teens. So he knows that if the power chose them, then the, they're correct. Then, then it's not going to matter if they initially, uh, it's not going to matter how they initially feel about it, which. We do know they initially protest, right? Of course. They turn it down. They say no. It is a it is a typical hero's journey trope to have the call to adventure. So this is the English teacher coming out of me. Right. The call to adventure, refusal of the call, and then Oh, really? The refusal's yes, on there? That is at an actual step. Wow. It's, it's not always present, but it is a it is a tried and true trope of the hero's journey. And then they I wonder if they accept were... it with a mentor. I wonder if they okay. Now I need to go. Now, see, now I probably need to go and map out. <laughs> yeah, this it's whole interesting. Show. And That's of good. course, now, uh, yeah, there's a lot more steps, but this is this, this is, is where we're at. Yeah, I think this was probably if if I were to actually look at the hero's journey, I'll have to like post this on Instagram, like an actual hero's journey circle, because I just taught it. But um, uh, they would probably be at the acceptance and minor like first battle part because this whole episode this first episode is their first yes yeah, their first time their first into, foray is, yeah. you know herodom so yeah I don't know, when you said that that they refused like oh my gosh this is the hero's journey just hit me see that's great Miss I, I, at your service i love when this stuff comes <laughs> up you know, and and sometimes things like this do come up during the actual show that yeah. we weren't really preparing to talk about beforehand that's always wonderful so now let's move on to the five rangers themselves because yes. okay. from this point on we're not going to call them the teens or the protagonists they are now the rangers yes. they got the, the the power chose them mm-hmm. they have the morphers zapped on their belts they're essentially ranger elects you know right. they're, they're pre <laughs> right. yeah uh and this is who the five are as far as what zord they're assigned to 
And I think it's important to mention how Zordon describes each of them. They're, yes, yeah. true, true. Zordon gives them because uh, he know, bases their characteristics on what animal they. Go I would with. think I would say so. Was, yeah, that's how I took it. Yeah, that's me too. So he goes, uh, Jason, bold and powerful. He is the Red Ranger. Yes, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex Zord. Right, Zach, clever and brave. Mm-hmm. That's how Zordon refers to him. Is the Black Ranger the Mastodon, the Mastodon Zord, which is right. like a, a big elephant? Yeah, with these like, in the I guess, uh, like a, Ice Age. Right, Kimberly, graceful and smart. She is the Pink Ranger and will be manning the Pterodactyl Zord. Yes. Billy is patient and wise. I like that. Yes, me too. Blue Ranger, the Triceratops Zord. Trini is fearless and agile. I like that too. Yeah. I love Trini. Trini is my favorite forever. I had a little jumpsuit of Trini as a wee one and uh, I wore it a lot. It was upsetting. Cool. (laughs) She is the Yellow Ranger, the Sabertooth Tiger Zord. Zach and Kimberly give Zordon a hard no right away. <laughs> but Jason doesn't want to give an answer yet. He doesn't want to leave. In fact, when they go to leave the command center, he's kind of just still standing there. Jason feels called. Yeah. I think there's a call. Like he's I been think, waiting for something like I this. I think so. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if that's like, if that was like, you know, again, that you never see that beforehand. Yeah. You just. He probably could have never articulated it. Maybe. And but, I love but that. Deep, like, like, you know, deep inside, he, I think he recognized knew this the was call something. to adventure. Yeah, he recognized, I think he was the one who recognized the call, which makes sense, too, because he's right. the leader. Right. Mm-hmm. Zordon allows them to leave, giving the line, may the power protect you, which means, for Zordon, the choice has been made. Yeah. Okay? And he lets them leave with the morphers. At first glance, it might seem stupid. Yeah. Like, we just gave them the morphers. And <laughs> That's they, what you said when we were watching. You're like, did they just walk they off? They just with walked them? off with the thing that he, he It's not like they said, here, take it back. I don't want They They walked off with them. Right. I think Zordon's playing the long game. Yeah. He seems to know that these kids have what it takes. And we know that they do. He's going to allow them to come to the realization on their own because... I think that's part of the hero's journey, right? Yeah, they have to. They have to accept the call. They can be offered it, but they right. have to. They have to take the chance and believe on their own. So, and of course, it happens. Absolutely, because they're they're meant to be. All of this is being watched by Rita. Apparently, she has this <laughs> telescope that. Yeah. You know, she can kind of. I guess she knows where Zordon is. I guess they just. I, I assume that Zordon's protected. Right. There's you know, yeah again a lot we don't know but but you know again it's a show to a degree we have to kind of but Rita's watching all of this and she's unimpressed with the teen Zornana has chosen she has fenced or create a squad of putties these are our first bad guys we've already talked about them a little bit in the beginning meanwhile we're back to the Rangers Jason's not okay with the gang saying no right he's still like which makes sense yeah he's like guys they we were chosen for something really special mm-hmm. why would we walk away from that and then the putties show up before they're able to really flesh out that conversation. The putties surround the rangers. In fighting the putties, Jason, Zach, and Trini use martial arts fairly effectively. Yeah. Initially. Kimberly uses her agility as a gymnast. Billy's not doing great. He's still learning. (laughs) He's still learning hand-to-hand combat, right? Yes. While we see them able to fight back initially, ultimately the putties begin to overpower our new rangers. Right. Because while they are experienced, many of them experienced in martial arts, they're actually facing a real threat. Right. They've only ever sparred with people who they know yeah. and like. They're yeah, and they're th- these are bad guys, enemies, adversaries that are coming after and them. And they like want to kill them. Yeah, they want so, to destroy them. It's a little bit different of a fight. The Rangers decide to morph for the first time here. And we see the iconic morphing sequence, which is the same one used for every show. And in the order of Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabretooth Tiger, Tyrannosaurus, Zach, Kimberly, Billy, Trini, and Jason. 
morph. They hold out their morphers. Right. They proclaim the, the name of the animal that's on the, the, the coin. And we now see the Power Rangers. And before they can throw down on the putties, <laughs> Zordon makes an executive decision. So there's these putties. They're going to fight these guys. Right. So they morph, but then Zordon goes, okay, they've morphed. You know, and, and Alpha's like, metamorphosis has been reached, you know? Right. So Zordon goes, well, send him to Angel Grove because there's a problem there. Yeah. So there's putties that just got left in the there's desert. There's a They're problem like, there. They were probably like, they probably were like, oh, thank God. Because they morphed, <laughs> they would have got us. That's funny. Rita has sent her lieutenant. That's how I, I mean, I refer to this guy yeah. as her lieutenant. The golden armor clad wolf-like creature by the name of Goldar. Who looks like... I don't know. Like an he Egyptian looks like, yeah. whatever. He's got like he this gold He has an Anubis armor. type vibe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But like not. That's, I didn't even think about that initially, but that's, that's probably a better description. That was always my first thought. I thought like, it was like, yeah. Weirder. Well, is Anubis a wolf? <laughs> Anubis is a jackal, I believe. Okay. He's like a, a dog-like creature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With, because, the, head, with the gold headdress. Yeah. So that's Goldar what is this. Yeah. He's, he's clad in this golden armor. He's not as bumbling as... <laughs> He, I, I mean, he's bumbling. He's bumbling to a degree, but he's he is pretty serious. Yeah, he's also. a little fiercer. Yeah, more fierce. Which is why I, I would always refer to him as as Rita's second, like her her enforcer or lieutenant type. Right. The Power Rangers have no issue dispatching the putties and really posing a threat to Goldar. Yeah, leading Rita to up the ante by growing Goldar with her magic wand slash staff. She uses it every, every episode. Time. Yep. Magic wand, make my monster grow. She throws it, and whatever she throws it at or in, in the vicinity, <laughs> in the vicinity of, of, it makes it grow to a massive size. Rita throws her wand football style <laughs> from the moon to the earth. Goldar grows to a massive height, leading the rangers to respond by calling on the Zords. Yes, and, and then we have our Godzilla sequence, so to yeah. speak, and from the four corners of the earth, we see, yeah. seriously, because I remember I was like, wait, wait. While I was watching, I was like, this one's coming from like a volcano and this yeah. one's coming from the jungle. And So it leads you to believe that maybe, yeah. you know, the Earth being so old, the Power Rangers being around so long, mm -hmm. they've, they've found these hiding places. And that's what makes me think of Godzilla. Yeah, because, King of the especially King of the Monsters, right? Yes, because, because it's like they, you know, they, they were all in these in places stasis. on Earth and then they'd rise to whatever yeah. occasion. Especially in part two, King of the Monsters, they were yes. in stasis all over the the Earth like Rodan and King Ghidorah. They exactly. All came and, so it like, it fits. Like it totally fits. Oh, and by the way, like and when, when they're rangers and they're fighting, this is the all the Japanese footage. Yes, yeah. We t by I, now, I think right? we yeah. made that rep, but yeah. No, we did. I'm just saying like no, no. it has Any, started. <laughs> anytime they're in the, the costumes, it's all footage from Super Sentai. Yeah. But they do a good job with making that fairly seamless. Uh, in my opinion, at least when I was a kid, I, I just was like, I and was loving it. For me, this was a bombshell when I grew up, and I didn't, I didn't know it as a kid. But I always remember Kimberly having a little skirt on yes. her suit, and Trini didn't. And I remember being like, I want Trini to have a skirt, but why is that? We find out later that, or at least what well, we found out later. Right. I don't know how soon that information was available, but right. the yellow ranger in Super Sentai is a male. Right. So... And so, even the, even the toys are very masculine shaped. It's true, uh, yeah. And, and with the the yellow ranger, yeah, like the because the body you had you have the little figurines, right? The body shape on Kimberly is like you know a woman, yes. And Trini's is male, yeah. so but I, I just that, wanted to throw that out there no, because I thought that was so like what interesting. Yeah, and I thought, but I thought the the Power Rangers made a good move, of course, by by having you yes. know, more of a female presence in the in Absolutely. the group. And Kimberly and Trini were just great characters, yeah. and I I love Trini especially as a character and what she brought to the group. So once the Zords arrive mm -hmm. from their special 
undisclosed locations. <laughs> right. The Rangers jump into them to pilot them, and the first thing they do is they they form a massive assault vehicle. They right. essentially join together, and after an initial ta- attack on Goldar, they form the Megazord. Yes. So they they first form again into this tank looking thing. They yeah. shoot Goldar up, gives him some <laughs> trouble, distracts him. Yeah. And allows them to finish the transformation into the Megazord. We hear Billy say during this time that driving the Zords is like second nature. Again, leading, leading us to believe that becoming the Power Rangers gives them this second nature. It kind of right. instills it in them on how to operate the Zords and the other weapons and equipment that they that they fight with. The Zord fighting sequence is very rem- reminiscent of yeah. Go- Godzilla uh, kaiju films. Even for the Megazord, Goldar is a tough opponent. Yeah, But then out of nowhere... <laughs> The power sword flies out of the sky. <laughs> For the first time watching, you're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Megazord always gets the power yes, sword. Yes, of say course. I mean, eventually, I think the Megazord does initially engage the opponent with, like, hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. And then they call on the power sword. I would just I would just open with the power sword. Right, like, just, just have just it. just open with it. Like, just out have of it the already. Heavens, out of the heavens, the power <laughs> sword flies out of the sky. You know, the Megazord gets it. At the sight of the power sword, Goldar bolts. He's out of there. <laughs> so, Goldar engages the Megazord for a time. Yeah. And then the power sword shows up. The Megazord catches it, you know, with the Power Rangers inside of it. And Goldar's like, nope. I'm, I'm good. Because generally, well, we find out in, uh, in in upcoming episodes. Right. The power sword actually destroys, it's usually the, it's usually the weapon that ends that monster. Yeah. You know. And Goldar's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm not ready to go yet. I'm not ready to go yet. Yeah. <laughs> Much to Rita's dissatisfaction, Goldar just shows back up like, hey, look, I'm sorry. I'll get him next time. All right. But, <laughs> I mean, you like, know. Listen, we're here for the long game, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we can just get him again. Rita berates Goldar and leaves complaining of a headache. She storms off, remember? She's always, what's great, what's great about Rita that I now recognize as an adult is like, I feel like that's just what happens as an adult. You're like, golly. Like, she's just always like, oh, my God. She's just really massively irritated yes, most of very the time. Much so. It's not so much that she's evil. She's just like, I'm just real irritated. And I kind of love that about her. Um, so back at the command center, the gang has returned. They're no longer morphed as right. Power Rangers. They are uh, celebrating their first victory. Zordon congratulates them. You know, great job, basically, but reminds them they must obey three rules as possessors of the power. I yes. love that. Yeah, I love nice. that. It gives it almost like this, um, like the power. It's not just this technology, right. the, the morphing technology or, the or, or you know, these robotic zords. It, there's a, a greater, maybe a spiritual, something that transcends technology. Yeah, a greater there's good. The, there's the power. Again, yeah. a greater good, right? There's three rules to those who are gifted with the power Mm -hmm. one never use the power for personal gain two never escalate a battle unless forced to Mm -hmm. and three a power ranger must keep their personal identity a secret and i I just think that that's that's really cool yeah that's cool perfect and uh again i think something that makes uh, the power rangers a a unique you know group of superheroes you know they have rules they have a code and i think um what helps lend it, because I know we talked about, we, I mean, we we said we'll talk about it, about how this compares to other superhero type scenarios. Right. But I think um, what grounds this and what, what makes those rules make sense mm-hmm. and makes the power make sense is the same thing that like worked for the Ninja Turtles. We're dealing with an Eastern philosophy right. of um, martial arts. Yes. And there is balance and order. And while there's maybe not like necessarily a power per se, mm-hmm. There is this this balance of good and evil and mm-hmm. how we have to be stewards of it. So I yes. feel like that 
And there's the idea that that power is not to be used offensively. Yes. So I feel like Unless they already to. had that because right. of what they do. So it may, so maybe that plays into why Zordon's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're it. So I like the whole Eastern philosophy and idea of only attacking when attacked. Mm-hmm. You know, like not Certainly. going on the offensive. I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a nice. I don't, and probably we didn't realize this as kids, but like it's no. kind of a nice premise as opposed to just let's just go tear stuff up. You know what I mean? Right. And that totally makes sense because in every episode, you know, the Power Rangers are just living their lives, right? And they don't more for anything until they're threatened. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's again part of. They don't go looking for trouble. They don't go looking for trouble. Like they, there's not like a montage where they're like, yeah, I have power. Yeah. Let's see where I like. I mean, I'm thinking specifically of Spider Man when he gets his powers and he's like, okay, like I'm gonna go find like a, a right. robbery and and he help. goes, he's looking for Uncle Ben's killer. And it's killer, not a right? bad. It's and it's not a bad uh, motive, well, but it gets him into trouble. Well, yeah. I mean, again, it's yeah. it's all I think the, the the idea of the philosophy of of what a hero should do with their powers. Absolutely. Uh, and that's protect and defend, never to necessarily be offensive, mm-hmm. you know, unless in a situation where you're forced to. Exactly. So after being presented with the three rules, <laughs> the group unanimously accepts the burden of responsibility. Even though Kimberly does protest that the helmet messes up her hair. Well, we still we still got <laughs> they still need to be kids, you know. Yeah. And to end the first ever Power Rangers episode, they all put their hands in and jump up with our hands in the air. We got a nice 90s-style freeze yes. frame. A glorious freeze frame. It's beautiful. And a great way to end that first episode. And, of course, <laughs> you have to talk about the classic Power Rangers guitar riff. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, so... And there is the first one in the can, you know? That's, beautiful. Or the first one in the space dumpster. <laughs> whatever you want to say. It's such a good show. It really is. And I'm so happy to be... Uh, starting the journey through um, these these episodes because oh, yeah. when I was a kid, you know, I was 13, and again, just like Ninja Turtles, my cousin Michael got mm-hmm. me into it. <laughs> and Michael was like your gateway to was, 90s goodness. It was our jam, and you know, we we've already gone, uh, I, I think, long enough for, for for an episode tonight. So I definitely look forward to doing another one of these Angel Bird oh, yeah. Chronicles just so I can talk about <laughs> uh, some of the things that I did as a kid pl- oh, yeah. uh, playing Power Rangers. And, of course, you have your own stories as well. Oh, yes. I think that we've definitely talked about enough. This is a great introduction oh, yeah. to, I think, one of the best shows of the 90s for kids, definitely. Do we have anything else we want to talk about other I than don't think so. the usual way that we wrap these things up? No. I okay. mean, do you have a—oh, your your hat. Oh, my hat. I do have a 90s relic, essentially. I'm wearing a Mighty Ducks hat. Yes. This was a 50-cent hat at a thrift store. That's incredible. It they is. It's, that it's poor a, thrift store, they don't know the stuff they have. No. It's a 47 brand, and they had a... I, th- I guess somebody gave a bunch of hats away, mm-hmm. and it was in this big like ru- like Rubbermaid container, and it was like, hats 50 cent. I got this hat along with the Indiana Jones hat. Yeah, that's a cool hat. And I think I got a couple more, but th- sure this one did. was one of the babies, one of the good ones. Yeah. And so, can we just say for the record, uh, during this, you know, COVID-19 time, I miss thrifting so much. No, yeah, much. we can't. Our thrift stores are closed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's some good, are, but, oh, man. Some must be open because we have some friends on social media that are still able to go out and yeah, do Yeah, not but, in our state. But um, not in our state, no. But, yeah, we, they're closed. And they should be. I, I support it, but, man. It's tough. It is. We miss it. I didn't realize how much I loved it until it was gone. Definitely looking forward to getting back out there and uh, getting that part of normalcy back. Exactly. If you have been with us this whole time, we hope you've enjoyed it. Going back to Angel Grove in the early 90s, visiting the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers mythology. We love those stories. 
And if you've been with us this time, uh, we want to thank you for your time. Always yes. want to make sure you uh, know that here at the Tape Store, your time is valuable. So any amount of time you spend here is much appreciated and means a great deal. Yes. So if you like what you hear and you haven't already, please head over to any of our you know podcast platforms, leave a rating. Yeah, I know Apple Podcasts is it's pretty easy to leave yeah. a rating. I don't know how to do that on Spotify. Yeah, but there's but, uh, a lot. Of, yeah, so the ones of you that have given us ratings, we th we appreciate you so much and yeah. thank you so much, and we are so glad to be part of your day or night. Yes, it's, it's a, such a big it, deal. it really means a lot to us. Yeah, it means a lot that anyone would listen to us. Right. You know, I mean. <laughs> Because yeah. we'd probably just be here at night talking about these things anyway yeah. if we didn't have these microphones. So Certainly. it's uh, it's really neat that you guys are along for the ride. Yes, as always, we hope that the show just, you know, makes you laugh, makes you remember a time when things were maybe simpler, easier. Mm -hmm. You know, being a kid, they're just there's nothing like it, right? Yeah. That's why I think we try to hold on to that stuff, you know. And we will call this a wrap for the very first Angel Grove Chronicles episode of The Tape Store. And until we see you next time... Hit us up on social media. Yep. We're on at the Tape Store Instagram. Mm -hmm. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. Bye, guys. Bye. More phenomenal. <laughs>